0: What's up everyone? Welcome to a very special edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host Drew. In this episode, we're going to be talking NFL Draft. Myself and my two co-hosts on the show for the first time, we're going to take control of the Buffalo Bills and be their GM. Which one of us will grade out the best in the 2019 draft? Stick around and find out. All right, everyone, I'm joined on Sports Talk Buffalo by my two draft experts, my friends Mark and Jerry. Gentlemen, welcome to Sports Talk Buffalo. It's good to have you guys.
1: It's nice to be here.
0: Quite a pleasure. (laughs) In this episode, gentlemen, we're going to be doing our version of the Buffalo Bills draft for the 2019 draft. Are you guys ready to rock and roll with this game?
1: Absolutely. I'm ready as ever.
0: Ready as ever. All right, Jerry. Why don't you start us off with uh, with your first pick here, so we get the ball
1: rolling. My first pick. I've been I've been himming and hawing, and we've been talking offset about a guy that I am uh, in love with, and that is DK Metcalf. But I did not go that way uh, after doing my. This isn't my final mock, but after doing uh, my most recent mock figured that we can probably get a wide receiver with how heavy the draft is a little bit later on, maybe second or third round. So I decided to go with Cody Ford, the um, multi-lineman. He could play guard. He could play tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, he's been getting mocked. i seen him get mocked to us in a couple other different mocks, and uh, he's just he's, he's a utility player that fills an immediate need, could start day one. Uh, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma.
0: All right, Mark.
2: Well, I went a different route and it's a route I'm hoping that the bills actually end up taking and that they'll find a trade partner somewhere in the first round. Now the trade partner that I happened to find was Oakland who Gave up both their first round picks, uh, picks 24 and 27 to me, along with their second pick in the third round. So I gladly shipped off the ninth pick to them for those three picks and stocked up, which is going to be great for me in that deep draft full of amazing prospects, I think. And with my first two picks, which were 24 and 27 in round one, I took offensive tackle Jawan Taylor who fell to me which was unbelievable because everyone's talking about him possibly being a top 10 pick and immediately after that I took defensive tackle out of Clemson Christian Wilkins and I immediately can take off two of the biggest needs that the Bills have right now along the offensive and defensive line with those first two picks and these are guys that can literally jump right in and start for us day one.
0: Well, after hearing that, uh, I, I also made a trade. Um, just throwing this out there, by the way, for everyone. We're using the website firstpick.com that my buddy Mark has found for us. Uh, you're able to do your own mock draft, pick your team, make trades, things like that, and draft how you want, and then they grade you out. At the end, to tell you how you did by their calculations and by my calculations, I had a terrible draft. Uh, <laughs> um, I got fleeced, man! I got fleeced with that number nine pick. After hearing what the what Oakland gave up to you in your draft, uh, I I also traded the number nine pick, but I traded it to Carolina. Uh, I got pick number sixteen in return. Um, in the first round, I also got a second round pick, pick number 15, and I got a third round pick, pick number 13 in the third round, uh, with my first round pick, I actually got a guy that has been projected to go to the bills in Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, uh, three year starter guy, uh, is according to the experts has, has, Length leaves something to be desired, but apparently he's a very tough kid, and he's got a lot of power at the point of attack, and he has great hand technique. Um, Obviously, offensive tackle is something sorely needed uh, by the Buffalo Bills. So I went that route uh, with the first pick, uh, and then I made a splash. I jumped back up into the first round uh, to pick number 25. Uh, I traded away... My second round pick, pick number uh, eighth pick in the second round, the tenth pick in the third round, and I also had to give up uh, the tenth pick in the fourth round, um, to to jump back up into the first round. Unfortunately, I proposed that trade two picks earlier um, to be able to get DJ Metcalf. They denied my trade, and then they picked him. So I went with the next best guy in my opinion at that position and with uh, Kelvin Harmon. Uh, he had two straight years of a thousand yard seasons at NC state. He has good ball skills. Uh, the one knock on him that I seen was that he is not that great with the yards after the catch. So uh, another target for, for Josh Allen, a big, bigger body gentleman for Josh Allen to, to be able to rip the ball too. So um, that pick, Didn't grade out as well as the first pick that pick only got a B plus uh, on my draft. So uh, apparently I reached a little bit with that one. Uh, What do you guys think? Think I reached a little bit.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm prone in this draft to have been stocking up on draft picks just because of how deep it is in multiple positions. Um, But given the need of the bills, you know, wide receiver is huge. Um, and if your main objective was to be like, I want a sure thing. I want someone who I feel comfortable enough that if I pick them early, they can come in and have an immediate impact with helping Josh Allen and his development and hopefully make some plays in an otherwise abysmal offense for the last couple of years. So if that was your goal, you've succeeded. <laughs> Kelvin Harmon's an awesome okay, consolation well. prize to TK Metcalf. Um, the difference between those two, and I know that Jerry's like a huge fan of Metcalf. He's been drooling over him for as long as we've been talking about doing this, but Harmon's athletic. He's been a consistent starter throughout uh, his college career. And yeah, he's, he's a solid prospect to, to get in the first two rounds of this draft. So
0: well done. All right. Well, at least, uh, My colleagues think that uh, I drafted a little bit better than this website here. Uh, Why don't we, Mark, why don't you kick off the second round? Let us know uh, who you picked out. All right.
2: So as luck would have it, another first round, a projected first round player fell to me at pick eight in the second round. So with already addressing two major needs on the offensive defensive line, most people would expect the Bills to at least go wide receiver here. And I was tempted to, I had taken a look to see who was available. And unfortunately, a lot of the guys that you've already picked, you know, Harmon, Metcalf, Marquise Brown, you know, these guys were already off the board. So I'm basically into the second tier of wide receivers of this draft. And I didn't see anybody that I thought was worth the eighth pick in the second round. However, there was a need that I could meet in tight end. And I decided to select Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama. Now, this is a tight end who he can do just about anything. He's a great route runner. He he doesn't have top end speed or anything, but, you know, what he lacks in speed, he also makes up for with his hands and with his blocking ability. And he just had an incredible year in the Alabama offense and decided to come out early, which everyone's saying was the smart choice to do. And given the fact that they have a first round grade on him and he fell to me at the eighth pick in the second round, I say that's a pretty good pick.
1: I agree with that. That's uh that's an excellent pick. I got a, actually I got a question for you, Mark. Uh, when you picked Irv Smith was, is he, is he your number one and was Fant and, um, and Hawkinson still available at that time or was he was he the last of the three remaining and you grabbed him?
2: So what happened was Fant was already off the board. Hawkinson was still there, but as far as I was I was looking at do I take Hawkinson here or do I risk passing up on Irv Smith now with the idea that maybe Hawkinson's there later? And the way I was looking at it is Irv Smith is here right now. He's got a first round grade on him, and he can do anything the Bills need him to do: block, pass catch. You know, he he, he meets all the criteria of what we're looking for in a number one tight end on this team.
1: Yeah, it's definitely and a good rather catch.
2: than right. So rather than pass up on him and gamble to try to get Hawkinson later, which again we all know they're starting to compare Hawkinson right now to Rob Gronkowski. And chances are, with that type of profile, he's not going to make it to the third round, which is where my next pick was going to be. So I decided to, to go with the sure thing and take Irv Smith.
0: I like that pick. Obviously, tight end is a, is a very big need for the Bills. Uh, haven't had a, a real dominant tight end. I don't ever <laughs> for the Bills considering they were saying that uh, Charles Clay was one of the better tight ends that the Bills have had in recent history. And last year was a horrible year for, you know, for Charles Clay, 184 yards. Uh, so I'm actually kind of glad they released him, uh, get him up off the team and go ahead and, and build that position through the draft. Jerry, which, uh, which did you pick in the second round there?
1: So I'm still – this is only my second guy. I haven't made any trades, um, and I filled, filled another need. Um, I went with defensive tackle Draymond Jones out of Ohio State. Um, again, I'm still thinking about the, the prospects that there's available at wide receiver, so I didn't grab one yet. Don't worry, he's coming. Um, but with Draymond Jones, he, he fills a need in the middle on the defensive line. Um, he's definitely he definitely would be a good um good player to go along with Harrison Phillips and Starlet Tulele. He's he's not a great run stopper, uh stopper, but he's definitely uh he's definitely one of the better defensive tackles in the draft. I've seen a lot of people rank him within the top three to five. Um and yeah, he's okay. I, I'd be happy to get him okay. here.
0: Okay, Um, I've reached. It seems like with this pick, uh, I liked some of the analysis that was on this gentleman. Uh, Came out that he was a a strong, uh, strong guy in the pass, the pass game, rushing the passer, and he was also very stout against the run. Uh, His one big knock was. That he did not have a lot of game tape. He got injured his junior year when he was supposed to take over as a starter. And that's Christian Miller, an outside linebacker out of Alabama. So um, that was my pick. And uh, again, it, it didn't grade out well, um, but fills a need. We definitely need some more, uh, some more guys for outside linebacker. You know, we just re signed uh, Lorenzo Alexander, but, uh, you know, maybe a guy that he can. Uh, mentor up a little bit to, uh, you know, be a solid professional. Yeah,
2: that's, that that was a bit of a reach. I'd have to agree on that one. Um, I think you, if you were aiming to get him, you probably could have gotten him, I would say in the third round.
0: Uh, I, I think, I think so too. Honestly, when I was on the, you know, when I'm doing my draft here, I was reading the draft analysis, and I was like, ah, oh, I like this guy. And as soon as I clicked the button to select him, I was like, man, that was a mistake. <laughs> but uh, it is but what it said, is. There, there's no take-backs. So. <laughs> you correct.
2: Your third-round pick and your fourth-round pick, is that correct? Say that again? You, you traded your third- and fourth-round pick when you moved up, so –
0: Yes, I, available I, to anyway. I. I I did trade a third and fourth round pick. However, um, with the first trade that I made, I had an extra third and fourth round pick. So I still have picks in the third. Oh, and fourth okay. Round. Yes, that's right. So, so but they were yeah. they were later on,
2: right? They're not as early. I would take it.
0: Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not as early. Um, I don't think the third round pick is that far. Uh, third round pick is pick number 13 in the third round, but the, uh, the fourth round pick is, is pretty deep into the fourth round. It's pick number 20. So, but so, yeah, I, you know, I, I try to do the best that I can to make sure I have at least, uh, some draft capital in, in every round of the draft. Um, so making that first trade, I had a little bit of draft capital to kind of play around with and, and try to make a splash, so to speak. Uh, to jump back up into the first round and and get a position that the Bills desperately, desperately needed, uh, as it was evident this past season. So um, I'll go ahead and kick off the third round here. I went with another offensive lineman, uh, Chris Lindstrom, uh, out of Boston College, Uh, graded out as a good run blocker. Uh, He was athletic and he's got good footwork. Uh, The one knock on him was that he didn't look that great in uh, zone blocking. Um, honestly, I'm not terribly familiar with the Bills blocking schemes. Hopefully it's not a zone blocking scheme. <laughs> um, but uh, I just don't think he did a lot of that. I'm not. They didn't say that he couldn't do that, but he just didn't do a lot of that in college. Um, and they said that he was uh, – very good on like play action passes and things like that, which I'm sure the bills are going to be very heavy on um, with a guy like Josh Allen, who, who, you know, came from more pro style offense in college anyway. So they did a lot of that last year. So that was, that was my pick in the third round and uh, I got an A for that one. So I I was pretty happy with that pick.
2: Yeah. I'd say that's, that's pretty much the assessment on him is that he's, he's just solid. He is reliable. What you see is what you get with Chris Lindstrom. So yeah, I definitely think that was, that was the right choice there. All right. Well,
0: at least I got, uh, I got a couple of good guys here. I feel like the further I go in my draft, the kind of, the kind of worse I get here, but, uh, I was graded out actually not too terrible the last couple of rounds, but uh, who did you
2: pick up, Mark, third round? Well, like I said before, uh, in my trade with Oakland, I ended up getting their second pick in the third round, uh, along with keeping my my own third-round uh, third pick, which was pick number 10. So I have two here. So the first one that I got okay. with Oakland's pick, and the long wait's over, finally got a wide receiver, and I decided to go with J.J. Arcego Whiteside out of Stanford. Now – I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and guess that you probably don't know who this guy is
0: you are correct. <laughs> at least I don't i don't I don't know if Jerry knows who he is but you are correct I do not know who that I've seen is. A now, little bit of
1: him.
2: yeah now this isn't that he wasn't someone that didn't make an impact on the Cardinals team this is more of in a name that you probably would have heard too many times say on your local Sports radio show, or even like ESPN, or any of those uh, sports talk shows, he is one of these guys that are just—he is your your atypical wide receiver. They've been comparing him to say like Adam Thielen, where Adam Thielen completely flew under the radar, went undrafted. But if you see this guy's game, he's six three, he's two twenty five. Uh, he was a three star recruit when he came into Stanford, and. He just—he's an incredible route runner. He's got sure hands, and he's a guy that Josh Allen could count on because he is a man who will go up and snatch the ball away. He makes contested catches like no one you've ever seen. He plays with like a chip on his shoulder,
0: and that—that's that, going to be good considering uh, the quote accuracy issues and quote of uh, of Josh Allen to be able to have a big body to <clears throat> go up you know, go up and get the ball for him, you know, make sure that uh, he has those big strong hands and, and wins a lot of the contested passes from Josh. Ellis. Absolutely.
2: He's he's not a burner by any means. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does. And I, I believe we got a few days here or maybe two days until the combine. And I'm interested to see, you know, what his 40 time is and his vert, because that's going to be another big thing is at six, three, and he's got like a lengthy frame. He's not He's not super stocky. He's not a DK Metcalf by any any means. But okay. I'm, I'm totally curious to see what his uh, speed invert is because he could definitely go up and get the ball. He's not going to burn anybody, but I could definitely see him playing on the outside and even being a red zone threat for us. So he's who I took with the second pick in the third round. And I followed up with him uh, answering another positional need, uh, for offense. And that was running back. So,
0: Oh, you went, you went running back early there. Huh? I went, I went running
2: back early, wow. but I
0: went running
2: back early because of who was available. Okay. And the guy that was available was Josh Jacobs out of Alabama.
0: Oh, okay. And
2: a lot of people are looking at him and are kind of doing a double take because he wasn't exactly your prominent running back in Alabama. If anybody's watched Alabama games, you know that they've had bell cows in the past. You know, people go Mark Ingram. You had Derrick Henry. You've had guys like that that have come out of that program, and those guys were basically the workhorse. However, Josh Jacobs shared a backfield with Damian Harris, who is another guy that is uh, getting, first, uh, or getting second to third-round grade. And um, But people have been going back and watching Josh Jacobs' tape and realizing this guy might actually be the top running back at the draft. He, oh, okay. He's got good speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a decent blocker, and he can make guys miss, and he runs with authority. Um, so I'm looking at our backfield, and I'm seeing an aging LaShawn McCoy, who is at the tail end of his career, And he's making more money than I can see us needing to pay for a 30 year old running back. And then you've got Chris Ivory, who is another journeyman guy who's had a a decent career, but he's not really someone that you're looking at and going, he's going to, you know, lead the way for us.
0: Yeah. He's he's not going to be, he's not going to be your bell cow, your bell cow. He's not going to be your, uh, you know, he's a good complimentary running back to somebody who's shifty, like, uh, like a LaShawn McCoy, but, I don't think you want him carrying the ball 25 30 times a game.
2: Absolutely. So I'm looking to get younger at that position and as far as I'm concerned if the guy who a consensus, you know, he's a number he's the number one back in this draft by most people's accounts and he's available there in the third round, I'm snatching him up for us.
1: That's All a right. great pick.
0: Well, yeah, I like. I, I also like that pick. Uh, I, running back is, in my opinion, was was a need going into this draft for sure, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. So, Jerry, who did you who did you pick up in the third round here?
1: Well, before I get to my third round pick, I just want to follow up a couple points. Um, just kind of okay. going off of what you guys said. Uh, going back to the uh, Arcego Whiteside pick, uh, you mentioned you got him, Mark, in the third round. Just for example, he went in the second round 12th overall to the 49ers. So I'd say you got a pretty good deal there and, uh, just by where he dropped to you. Um, also the Josh Jacobs, he's, I've seen him mocked as high as number five overall to Tampa Bay, uh, in some drafts. So for him to drop down to the third round and especially being potentially the number one running back in this draft, that would be, that would be more than a steal. Um, and finally, almost, uh... right before I was about to pick Draymond Jones, uh, my boy DK Metcalf went two picks before me, so I'm kind of salty about that. But finally getting into my oh. third round pick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Getting into my third round pick, I finally addressed the receiver need, and I went with the 6'6", 215-pound Kelvin Harmon out of North Carolina State. And this guy is a, he's a beast. Um, he's been over a thousand yards the past two seasons. He is, he's what I want in a wide receiver, except for besides DK, uh, Metcalf, but, um, he is, <laughs> he's, he's six, six. He's, he's got that Julio Jones size. I'm not comparing him to Julio Jones, but he's got that size. He's got the, he's got the length to go up and grab the balls in the back of the end zone. Uh, Drew, you, you mentioned that, uh, Josh Allen, he does have some accuracy issues, so definitely something that you want that big tall receiver for him. And I'm in the third round. I'm i really liking this pick. Not toot my own horn, but uh again, six six. I mean, how? Or I'm sorry, did I? Let me back up. I meant to say Hakeem Butler.
0: I don't say yeah. yeah. Well, wow. uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you said not Calvin Harmon. So I didn't get you, you didn't Kelvin get Harmon. I, I, like, get I, like, maybe, <laughs> may, I said maybe. Maybe I read the stat sheet wrong. I thought he said six three, <laughs> and I drafted him in the first round. So if you got him in the third round, I was about my to say God, I was—I was, I was going to ask you how
2: you felt about that—that that you.
0: Oh man, you went up would to pick him salty. in the first round, and you could have waited and <laughs> kept your picks. Man, I would have been—I would have been salty. I would have been very salty. Well,
1: that's a total brain fart on my part. All right. So everything that I just said is true, except for the name is wrong. It's Hakeem Butler. I Uh, got a totally um, different player. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not from NC State. Um, But yeah, Hakeem Butler, 6'6 to compliment uh, Foster and Zay Jones, maybe in the slot. That would be a good pick. I also, and I think we're going to address this later, I think they're going to pick up a wide receiver in the draft or the uh, free agency. Um, But. Hakeem Butler in the third round, that's who I got. What do you, what do you
0: guys think about the, the receiver that the Bills have already signed from the CFL, this, uh, this Duke Williams? <clears throat> he was a five-star recruit, I believe, going into Auburn uh, before he ran into some troubles and ended up getting dismissed from the team and having to go the, the way of the CFL. Um, I watched some game tape uh, from him from the CFL uh, he's pretty good. He's a big body receiver. Looks like he can, he's got adequate speed. Um, another big guy, like, like we all seem to want for Josh Allen to go ahead and and pick, you know, a guy with a big catch radius. Um, apparently he was, I think it was the offensive player of the year in the CFL over 1100 yards. I believe, uh, I have that on a previous podcast. Uh, I have his stats on the previous podcast there, but, uh, what do you guys think about uh, picking up Duke Williams?
2: Uh, Jerry, I'll let you field this one first.
1: I I don't have much to say about him. I don't um, – I haven't really watched any tape on him. From what I hear, he's and, – and you touched on all the points. Um, he, he was good in the CFL. He did have some troubling off-field issues, which is why I believe he didn't uh, get to go the NFL route, but he's kind of getting a second chance. Um, and – It's like it all starts with him making the opening day roster. He's got to, he's got to impress in camp. And you, you got to think that we're definitely going wide receiver in the draft. We're probably looking at wide receivers in free agency. So going that way, he's, he's probably number five, number six. So it really depends on what he does in camp if he impresses.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of CFL games. Um,
0: I mean who
2: who does <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, really? I did I did get a, a little snippet of some highlights from his uh, his season last year in the CFL with the the Eskimos I believe he played for Edmonton and yeah. I mean it's it's kind of hard to judge those those guys coming out of the CFL because it's it's a it's a bigger field it's it's more wide open and it, it's not they, they're not contested as much. They're,
0: it they're, seems like it's, it's harder to judge their speed also right. because, you know, these, these guys are able to get, you know, a running start up to the line of scrimmage, whereas obviously in the NFL, you know, guys can just play press coverage on you. And, and you know, if you don't have, you know, if you don't play good off the line, you know, it can, it'll nullify any speed that you do have. And, you know, you get that running start. It does make a big difference. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see how he'll be. Yeah, I um, mean,
2: Let me put it to you this way. If the draft goes the way I have it set up, and that's a stretch because this just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, it would be a battle between Williams and our whiteside because they're similar frame. I think maybe Duke Williams is a little bit thicker than our whiteside but they're basically the same height, similar, similar uh, weight and a similar playing style. They're not going to burn you with their speed, but they are going to go up there and make contested catches and come down with the ball. And for a guy like Josh Allen, who he wants to go deep, he wants he wants to take a shot down the field. That was his MO coming out of college. So I see those two battling out. And the way I see it, if you're, you're spending a second, third round pick on a wide receiver, chances are you're probably going to, go with that guy it's it, i feel like he might be hard-pressed to make it but that's going to depend on the, the guys that are already you know on the roster there's you know there's a jones who i think is coming into his own i really think he's gonna I, get more of an opportunity i think he was kind of he was kind of boned in his first couple years he really didn't get the opportunity i think that he he needed and his his confidence took a shot, but you also got Isaiah McKenzie, who I thought was a really nice addition. And, you know, he, he, he was a good surprise. And then uh, yeah. you've got Robert Foster, who was even more of a surprise. <laughs> so, I mean, Yeah, that got-
0: was a, that was a huge surprise. <laughs> he kind of came out of nowhere to have a, a fairly solid rookie season, especially after, you know, not really putting up any stats in college either. So, yeah,
2: I mean, um, personally, that was,
0: that was- pick pickup
2: I, I feel like you've got at least a couple wide receivers that are going to come out of the draft for us i i don't see how they can go into this draft with 10 picks and not at least pick a couple wide receivers i mean they did it last year granted they did it at the tail end and it was mcleod and pearl but i mean it with the class being as deep as it is this year i don't know how you don't pick a couple guys and if you're bringing in this young talent and you already got some young talent established it might be a little hard for for Duke Williams to crack the roster, but I mean, you you need you need talent, so you go out, you find it, you bring them in. I'm all for it. If you could bring someone yeah, in and give sure. them a shot, give them a shot because we could use all the help we can get.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can say that again. For especially for the wide receiver position, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump to the fourth round here. Uh, I drafted a uh, Mark Gilbert this is a cornerback out of duke uh it is said that he has tremendous ball skills uh you know is good at at disrupting the receiver and, and being able to get his head around to find the ball uh the one knock on him is that uh he lacks play strength um so he's not man coverage is, it might be a little bit more difficult for him. So you might have to give him some, you know, maybe some safety help over the top or something like that. But if you play uh, more of like a a zone coverage scheme, uh, he will be able to slot, you know, possibly slot right in there as uh, the second CB across from white and, and uh, make, hopefully make an impact right away. Uh,
1: So, yes. Cornerback's definitely in need. Um, I got. I'm grabbing one a little bit later, but unless you are getting like a greedy Williams or Byron Murphy, and those you gotta you gotta get pretty high. It's your you're pretty much just throwing a bunch of uh, a bunch of names in a hat. And our secondary, it picking, doesn't picking them out. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> need it, it. We could definitely use another cornerback, but we've had. Um, I mean, on top of obviously Trey White. Um, Taron Johnson and Levi Wallace did pretty well for us last year. And I don't think they're the full 16 game starters, but uh, it's, it's not like they're a necessity right now, but definitely uh, I, I see us taking one, maybe two in this draft.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I don't mind getting cornerback early, um, you know, third, fourth round. That depends on who's on the board though. Um, for me, I'm that was- comfortable waiting till later because, I like like Jerry, that's yeah. where I, I got my cornerback. I got him in one of the later rounds. Um, and the only reason I say that is because, you know, we got Tredavious White. Teron Johnson had a decent year. I know he had some injuries, and I know that that might be the concern as to why you would want to pick up more cornerback help. Um, Levi Wallace was another Alabama, you know, surprise for us. Um, in the same breath as yeah. Robert Foster, undrafted, brought him in, and – you know, he stepped in and he just did a phenomenal job. But then we also picked up Ryan Lewis from, uh, I think new England, let him go. So we picked him up, we brought him in and I thought he was serviceable too. And he did a decent job. Um, do we need depth? Absolutely. There might be someone out there, you know, in free agency too. Uh, There's guys that are still kind of getting released and everything too. So we might bring in a a veteran free agent.
0: Um, yeah, you're in my opinion, I feel like you're always kind of looking to, to upgrade, uh, positions like that. Also, obviously it's such an offensive league that if you can get guys to, to be able to come in and make an impact like that right away, hopefully um, you want to go ahead and do it. Um, A lot of teams now they, they don't just have that, you know, they might not just have that one receiver that you have to pay attention to They They got multiple guys that, you know, you have to make sure um, aren't going to beat you. So um, that plus I, you know, again, my fourth round pick is pick number 29 in the fourth round. So it's a later fourth round pick, you know, it's not towards the end of it. So, uh, I went with, uh, with Mark Gilbert there.
2: Jerry, give us your, give us your pick, man.
1: Uh, I went, took another interior offensive lineman, uh, Jesse Burkett center out of Stanford. Um, he's, He's definitely got the tools. I don't. I don't see him being a day one starter. And I mean, it's the fourth round. I haven't made any trades, so I'm still picking pretty early in the fourth round. Um, this was my tenth. This was the tenth overall pick in the fourth round. Uh, it's a little too early for project players, but I think that's exactly what he is. He's a project player. Uh, I know we just signed the guy from the Jets. Um, was it, Spencer Long? Spencer, I'm not sure Spencer, if he's yeah. going to be starting uh, right away. I have a feeling we're going to be looking at center in free agency. I know there's a couple of good ones out there, um, but it, it's I'm starting to get into depth right now. I know I still have to address tight end and running back, which I get to. Um, but I felt like he was he was a good pick at this time, so I went with uh, Jesse Burkett, Burkett Stanford center. Damn.
0: Well, all right. Well, I mean, obviously, offensive line is was a huge concern. Coming into the off offseason, um, but uh, they're already addressing it in free agency. And and if you if you think that uh, we can get away with the the guys that we have now to be able to pick a guy and have them learn for a year, um, I like it. I like that pick, definitely.
1: They graded an A plus. So <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: hey, man, Mark Gilbert got graded an A plus too. I feel but, like
1: they're being generous uh, with these grades. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he, I mean, they they kind of dinged me, man, <laughs> on some of these. But, uh, all right, Mark, who did you pick? All
2: right, well, I still have the two original picks that the Bills have in their draft right now. Uh, so that's pick 10 and pick 29. So in round four, pick 10, I went with outside linebacker, so addressing the defense now. And I went with Voshan Joseph out of Florida. Now – Real quick, Vashon Joseph, he is one of these instinctive players, um, quick to the ball, and he he can lay the lumber on you. So right now they've got him as maybe a weak side linebacker in the 4-3 alignment. Um, He's a little limiting, um, like, say, as a Mike or a Sam linebacker, but I feel, you know, going into the fourth round – and you've got you've already got some talent at linebacker on this team. I mean, you've got you've got Alexander, you've got Milano, you've got guys that have been here long enough that they they know the ins and outs and they've seen enough action that you could bring a young player in like this and Lorenzo Alexander can kind of take him under his wing and show him what he needs to do, show him how to work, show him how to play hard and you couple him with Tremaine Edmonds and then Matt Milano. So once Lorenzo Alexander, you know, retires, you've got this young, strong, athletic linebacking core, which is going to do wonders in a league right now that is completely pass happy. So this guy is going to be good in coverage. He's going to be a sound tackler and he's going to be instinctive, which is going to be perfect for a Sean McDermott offense. Um, so I went there with uh, pick 10. So All the way down to pick 29. I also went center. However, I went Bradbury out of North Carolina State. Garrett Bradbury is another one of these guys that you could have in the same breath as like Chris Lindstrom that you picked up earlier. He is just a guy that is, he is who he is. He's a completely sound prospect, you know, intelligent, strong, good mechanics. And funny enough, he actually went to NC state as a tight end recruit. So he goes in as an offensive tight end recruit, and he's coming out as one of the better interior offensive lineman prospects in this draft. Um, There's a couple really good center offensive guard um, prospects here. So one of them, Ellington Jenkins, he's, he would already be off the board at this point. He's one of the top ones. Um, there's there's Bradbury. There's a couple other guys. Uh, McGovern out of Penn State, but this guy is the best one on the board. We've got we've got Bodine. We've got we just picked up Spencer Long, and I'm wondering that with these two guys, one of which is pretty much a pure center, the other guy is a you know he's he could flip back and forth on the line. I don't know that there's really anyone in free agency that we'd be looking to spend. kind of money on to to put in that position especially with the kind of young talent that's already in this draft so i see them staying pat at center with with those two guys and then drafting one in the later rounds possibly um another guy that i know that they they were they were scouting and that they had met with at the east west shrine game who people are considering to be a a sleeper in this draft because he's a little bit undersized for his position uh Lamont Gayard out of Georgia. So this is a, a another one of these guys that low center of gravity. He can get up there. If if it's not Bradbury, I feel like it'll be him. But basically center offensive guard, that's where that's where I'm at
0: right now. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and jump around right into the fifth round. Unless you guys have anything to add to rounds one through four.
2: Let's keep it moving.
0: All right. Mark, you're up.
2: All right. Well, we're rolling. I don't know what the hell
0: I just sounded like there. You're up. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong sport. (laughs) Um,
2: So rolling right along here, uh, round five. Again, I've got two picks here, uh, picks nine, picks 20. So I stayed on defense with, with this round, actually.
0: So, so you didn't make – did you make any trades through, through just, your draft? Or? Just,
2: just the one with Oakland. After that, I oh, okay. stayed with all my picks because, I mean, Buffalo already had multiple picks in multiple late rounds. Yeah, that's that, true. I'm, I'm, I'm good here. I, I've got more than enough okay. to, to bring in. So okay. picks nine, picks 20, I, I went completely on defense because I, I feel like I stocked up on offense early on, and I did pretty yeah. good there. So now I wanted to concentrate on the defense. So, I decided to go with a developmental player in Eastern Michigan's defensive end, Max Crosby. So, Andrew, you should be familiar because this is a guy we saw uh, playing against UB. So, he's out of the MAC. Okay. And he's one of these guys that he's a little, again, he's undersized and he's a, a project player. So, okay. got good hen, uh, hand technique and. The knock on him is his size being that he might be too small that he might have to transition to linebacker. But I feel that you, again with the type of talent that we have on the defense, I don't need him to start either. I just need him to learn. I need him to grow. He could play on special teams if he needs to. He can he can be one of those tweeners on on defense where he he puts his hand in the dirt in um in a four three and the, you know he stands up in a three four. Okay. I, I just I, I like him for his raw talent I, I like the hustle there and we I needed some defensive end depth so that's where I went with him he was the best prospect I saw on the board at the time.
0: Um, now I All finally right. I, I went with defensive end but a little bit later and you know same same kind of situation that you were just talking about so
2: yeah so I, I finally addressed the cornerback position so here's where my guy comes in and I went with Isaiah Johnson out of Houston. So here's a guy that was at the, the senior bowl, and I, I saw him, and I went, holy cow, that's that's a decent-sized corner there. He was actually a wide receiver recruit coming in, and he converted. He's 6'2", 195. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a guy that you can match up with other guys, maybe second-best receiver on the team, and have him shadow him. He's he okay. can he can just he might have issues getting his head turned around. But again, I've got enough depth at the cornerback position that I can afford for him to come in and learn and get some reps and just maybe be a rotational guy. Because I've got Levi Wallace. I've got White. I've got um, I've got Lafayette Pitts. I've got Lewis. I've got enough guys and we might bring in a veteran that. This guy is another one with enough raw talent and good size that he can come in and he might come in and surprise us in year two, three going forward.
1: All right. Well, good
0: picks. I'd say, before we go any further, Jerry, why don't you tell the people about your podcast and the things that you just started going on?
1: So we have, we're a, well, we've been an existing page, uh, the fantasy football fraternity, uh, deal primarily with fantasy football during the season, but to keep people interacted uh, throughout the offseason. We got a bunch of fun posts and team needs and stuff that we do, and we just started a podcast uh, this past week. Our first one just came out. Uh, They're going to run about an hour long, and we just get into everything uh, football-related. It's mostly going to be fantasy, but we've been getting into a little bit of the AAF. Uh, which is the new football league. Uh, we've been getting into just the news and notes that have been going on. Kareem Hunt signing your AB, uh, stuff that's going on. So it's it's fun. You should check us out, Facebook.com, Fancy Football Fraternity. And we're going to be uh, putting out podcasts every one or two weeks or so.
0: And that's uh, Great Lakes Football, correct? That's the name of your podcast? Great Lakes
1: Football Talk. We are on about 10 different podcast stations now for our first episode. Um, and it's it's just good football talk.
0: I have heard the episode. It is good football talk. That is why, obviously, he is one of the guys I have on my podcast because he knows football and because he knows football better than I do. Um, both of these guys know football better than I do. Um, so that's why we're going to go ahead and do keep doing this, Jerry. Fifth
1: round pick. Fifth round pick. I actually have to back up because I didn't realize I had a four twenty nine. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, that's okay. Won't spend too much time on it. Um, it's another. It's a position of need. I haven't addressed it yet. So uh, it's tight end. Um, it's an under the radar guy. I went with CJ Conrad uh, from Kentucky. Not real flashy. He didn't didn't put up a lot of stats. Didn't put up a lot of numbers. Um, but he's a big tall guy. 6'5, 250. I still think we look elsewhere. Uh, It's, but it's uh, for that size, we got to fill a need. Charles Clay is gone now. Uh, We still have Logan Thomas, but uh, definitely going to be looking in the tight end direction. So CJ Conrad out of Kentucky. Uh, For my fifth round pick, um, who did I go with? I went with Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, the outside linebacker out of Wisconsin. Um, he is, and I know you guys have touched on the linebackers already, the edge rushers. Uh, he is a guy that seems to be able to get to the quarterback over his two seasons of playing. He's had 12 sacks. Um, he is, He's a little bit bigger frame, 6'4", 233, um, but he is Definitely a uh, definitely a need. Uh, you guys both mentioned Lorenzo Alexander. He's been he's signed a contract extension, but uh, he's he's getting up there in age, uh, so he's definitely a guy who can uh, rotate in with them, come in, uh, and hopefully hopefully get to Brady. I mean, that's all I really care about.
0: I think that's all we all really care about. We're kind of sick and tired of Tom Brady <laughs> <laughs> running the league. Um, it 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 just makes you kind of sigh every single time you you watch him keep winning in the playoffs. Yeah. I I just, I hope and pray every single year that somebody beats anybody. I don't, I don't care who at this point, anybody can beat Tom Brady. No, no pass rusher, not even father time himself
2: can catch up to Tom Brady, (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) which is, uh, you know, every year we all hope. And unfortunately our hopes are dashed year after year. Uh, maybe this year's the year. Fingers fingers crossed. Um, for me, in the fifth round here uh i went with zach moss running back utah uh guys 511 220 plus pounds has had two 1000 yard rushing seasons in college which shows me that he can consistently uh be a good rusher at least at the division one level not going to blow you away with his speed um Big guy, thick guy, but not just a complete wrecking ball. He, he has a lot of balance when he runs, uh, has enough speed. It's it's going to be adequate. Um, his junior year, uh, he did catch more passes, um, had, a, I think, three to four hundred yards uh, receiving. So he can catch the ball out of the backfield this senior year, not so much. I think he only had about eight catches. Um so you guys touched on a little earlier running back, kind of being in need with LaShawn McCoy aging. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, uh, I said it on an earlier podcast this past year, LaShawn McCoy just didn't look like the guy that we had seen in previous years and throughout his career. He, did, like, he looked not just to me, he looked not just one step slower, but maybe two and three steps slower not finding any holes and maybe that has a lot to do with the offensive line and losing uh, a good chunk of his guys on the offensive line and their athleticism and being able to open up holes. But uh, to me, he just didn't look as shifty and as quick. So I had to adjust the need uh, with running back Zach Moss. This uh, first, was it first pick.com? I think that's what it is. Right. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. they graded me out as an A plus. Not sure if you guys ever heard of, of Zach Moss, but
1: uh, what do you guys think? It's a good pick. I-, I actually, with my second fifth round pick, I went running back too. I did not grab him, but he is definitely somebody that can that can learn under Lashawn McCoy because we we're, we keep on saying that uh, we need to replace McCoy, uh, which we do. But McCoy's not done yet. He's going to be here this year. Um, who knows what's gonna happen beyond that? But he's our running back day one and he's I think Zach Moss would be a good complimentary back. Uh, if we do build that line for McCoy or whoever's back there, uh we could definitely do some damage, but uh Moss in the backfield with with McCoy is could definitely spouse for some uh bad news for the other defenses.
2: I, I agree. Uh... I agree. I'm going to start us off on the sixth round because I only got the one pick, but I I did do the same thing that you did, actually. And I went running back again. And a guy with a similar build, 5'11", 200-plus pounds. However, the guy that I chose comes out of Georgia. And this is the son of a world-famous boxer. I'm talking about
0: Elijah Holyfield. I know exactly who you're talking about. I actually was going to draft him – in and around the fifth round myself. Um, he was there uh, round five, pick nine. Um, I also had another pick in, uh, in the late round pick, but go ahead and tell us about uh, Holyfield.
2: Well, real quick, cause we're wrapping up the draft here. We're right at the tail end. He's just a very exciting running back to me. And I'm even more excited that I got him in the sixth round. He shared a backfield with Deandre Swift. Um, he, they, they basically split carries there and he may have been the more underutilized one. And yet he still came out at the end of the season with 159 attempts, over a thousand yards, rushing 6.4 yards per carry and seven touchdowns. He also had five receptions, 40 yards, but when you put the rock in this guy's hands, he is full steam ahead. He can make you miss in a box. He'll, put his pad down and he'll he'll run right through you he's just to me he is a great late round pick and the way I see it is I've got two aging running backs right now on my roster and in this draft alone I just brought in two young hard-nosed just blue chip prospects to take over when it's all said and done.
0: yeah I definitely like that pick there um like I said I you know in the fifth round uh, I was I was comparing him and uh, and Zach Moss there. I was going to pick one of the two. Uh, it just so happened that uh, I went with Moss instead of Holyfield there. So uh, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a very good steal you got uh, later in later in the draft here. So I definitely uh, I definitely agree with that pick. I definitely like that one. Uh, I'm going to jump back here because uh, I do have one more pick in the fifth round. Um I picked up tight end. This is where I grabbed my tight end. I think you guys both grabbed your tight ends a little bit earlier. Uh, I grabbed my tight end, six foot five, 260 pound tight end out of Boston College. Tommy Sweeney. Uh, the pros about him is they say he's got uh, very good hands, uh, able to make a lot of contested catches and he shows uh, very good body control. Uh, some of the knocks against him is uh, his quickness at the snap. Uh, they say kind of seems like he could be maybe a, a half beat behind the rest of the offensive line. And uh, you know, it's tough for him, you know, with his lack of speed to, to be able to create separation other than being uh, a big physical uh, imposing guy. But no, like I said, we tight end is a, is a position in need. So I went with uh, Tommy Sweeney out of Boston college here.
1: Nice. I think they grab a tight end in, in free agency, which is why, I mean, I like Mark's tight end. Uh, he drafted him a little earlier, but uh, mine and yours, it, it seems like we're both thinking the same thing. We go tight end in free agency, which is why we didn't grab any of the flashy names filled a little bit of different needs earlier. I got one more guy that I want to talk about. Um, my round five pick 20. I went with Daryl Henderson because you guys were mentioning our running backs. That's where I took my running back. Um, okay. Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. This guy had 22, 22 rushing touchdowns to go along with three touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns this past year, uh, 1900 rushing yards. Uh, he's small in stature. Uh, he's he's a little smaller than your guys. Uh, five, nine, 200. Um, it's, he lacks in the pass protection uh department but he is he's just his stats alone show that he can be explosive um another guy that i think he can learn under shady um kind of kind of spell shady not come in and be a third down back because of his size but uh somebody that i mean you put the ball in his hands and who's telling there's nobody telling what's going to happen um he, he definitely has uh, what it takes to, I think he could be a starter in this league. Uh, maybe not an every down, three down back, but I definitely think he could start in this league.
0: Alright, well Mark already went ahead and, and uh, told us what his sixth round draft pick is. Jerry, why don't you go ahead and tell us what yours is.
1: Uh, sixth round, I addressed cornerback. I went with Savion Smith out of Alabama. Um, just just getting into some filling, filling roster holes now. Um, he's another another good player who played on the Alabama defense obviously they they seem to every year they seem to just push out players that could play in the NFL um, again we we already talked about the cornerbacks that we have and with Tredavious White and Levi Wallace but they they're going to have to get another one or even another two um, so i went with smith here on uh, the 6th round pick 8
0: All right, in my sixth round, I went with defensive end. Uh, Going back to the defense here, I felt like I addressed my offense quite a bit um, with the earlier picks here. I grabbed uh, Antonio Simmons uh, out of Georgia Tech. Obviously, we're getting into guys here that unless you're very, very heavy into uh, college football and drafting, you're not going to know a lot of these names. Some of the things that are said about him, uh, although he's got a smaller sample size, uh, he he just gets to the quarterback. Uh, he had 33 hurries on 261 pass rush attempts, and uh, he was ranked number four in the draft class among four three defensive ends. I went with defensive end here. felt like the Bills needed to uh, – do what they can do to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback uh, this season. So uh, first pick.com it an A again. We said they were being a little bit, uh, little, uh, actually, I'm sorry. They graded it a B, um, but they, we said they're being a little bit generous about it. So um, it, maybe it's not even that much, but again, I went with him and um, uh, you know, I just I just want to get after the quarterback more. So,
1: yeah, definitely definitely something we got to do.
0: Yeah, I'm um, all for it. Now, yeah. why don't we go ahead and jump into round number seven, Mark? Who you got? All right.
2: So I alluded earlier that
0: I think with the
2: the deep class of wide receivers in this draft that the the Buffalo Bills should probably co- collect a couple of them. So I rounded out the end of my draft with just that wide receivers. So with pick 11 in the seventh round, I went with the little engine that could Hunter Renfro. This guy to me is, okay. he is, he is going to be the, the one that you need to account for on the field when you put him in the slot. I don't know if you guys watch the senior bowl, but there was this play. Um, it was early on in the, in the, the game of uh, tail end of the first quarter. and, there was a breakdown in the play. I, I believe Will Greer was the quarterback and the pocket collapses. He escapes, runs out to the left and he just launches the ball downfield. Now who jumps up and comes down with it with about three or four guys surrounding him. That's right. Little Hunter Renfro. He now yeah, mind yeah. you, <laughs> now mind you, yeah. this guy, he started off on the right side of the play and he was running up and he did like a little up and in it. He was, not even going past um, the first down marker he was just he was just there to quick pass outlet you know when if the play broke down but he did not quit he saw the play breaking down he got away from his defender made his way up the field and then across the field to come down with a catch this guy to me can be and I'm not comparing him t- to this player but for us, he could be our Julian Edelman on the field.
0: Oh, you said exactly what I was thinking the entire time you were talking. <laughs> uh, You know, one of the things that is known as is, is Mr. Third Down. So he can be that reliable player that, you know, although not big in size, uh, can definitely bring a lot to the table uh, for the Buffalo Bills.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, he's going to be your move the sticks uh you know, slot receiver and I just think due to his size and what he may lack in other abilities people might not account for him as much and he just he's going to find a way to get the ball in his hands. Um so with my last pick in the draft, so this would be pick 14 in round 7, again I went wide receiver. This time I I'm taking a flyer on a guy that actually started his career off in the SEC and okay. he was I believe, a three- or Mm four-star recruit going to LSU. However, due to some issues, he ended up leaving, going the Juco route. I'm talking about six-foot-five, 200-plus-pound Jazz Ferguson. Jazz Ferguson is actually the brother of uh, the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech. I believe Jalen Ferguson is his name. So Mm -hmm. this is another big-body receiver um, that I believe has enough ability that could go down the field and just – come down with contest catches or just help, help Josh Allen make those big plays that he's always looking to make downfield.
0: All right. I can definitely uh, see why you went wide receiver taking and taking a couple flyers in the late rounds is definitely never, never a bad thing. You know, who knows maybe these guys, def- uh, you know, make a big impact in, in year one here. Jerry, who'd you got in the seventh round? All
1: right. Stop me if you heard this before. Uh with the eleventh pick <laughs> in the seventh round, I went with wide receiver Hunter Renfro. come on seriously
0: i think Um, it's a good pick
1: it's it's a good pick i actually i i'm not as high on him as i think you are um i picked him just to pick him i think it'll be i this was a fun pick for me um and i had the same exact kind of spiel as you had he could be he's he's smaller than julian edelman but he that's exactly who he reminds me of um it's and i touched on this earlier it's another one of those you're we're looking at he's a number five number six wide receiver on this depth chart there's not many i don't think there's many teams that he actually makes out of camp uh but if he does end up on on the market after whether he's drafted or not if he ends up on the market i think New England comes in and swoops him up um and takes and takes him but um so that's why i'd like to take him before they do and hopefully we can make it work uh, he's he's small in stature he's only 185 pounds um he a good looking by a linebacker and, and, and that could be it for him. But um, I definitely, I like the pick here again. I said, it's a fun pick, but it's he's. I've, I've definitely seen some tape on him and to have some in the seventh round. That's, that's not too bad. Uh, the last guy, I'm just filling holes again, uh, Javon Patterson uh, with the 14th pick in the seventh round, the guard out of Mississippi, um, just another interior lineman. It's a need uh, somebody that we can, uh, hopefully, get in there, get some reps, and 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 build around. Maybe maybe see the field. Uh, so that rounds out my draft. Nice.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, with my seventh, my first seventh round pick, uh, I go. I went ahead and I drafted a position in need, but um, I actually address. I I feel like I would address this in free agency, which is defensive tackle. And free agency, I would, have, uh, I would like to go after uh, Grady Jarrett, I believe is how you say his name. He's a defensive tackle for an Atlanta Falcons. He's a younger guy, just 26 years old. But last year, he had 52 tackles, eight of them for loss and six sacks. So that's the kind of uh, pressure up the middle that I would, I would like to go after. He's also very solid against the run. Uh, so I would, I, I would actually like to address defensive tackle through free agency. Um, but I picked, uh, Daniel Darien, uh, Oklahoma state, uh, give us some more depth at the defensive tackle position. Um, apparently some, some people have this guy graded as a possible third round prospect by some scouts. Um, but, and if he, if he grades out as a third round prospect and I get him, you know, the middle of the seventh round, I think I got myself a steal. Um, so that was my uh, my first pick in the seventh round, and gentlemen, you will uh, definitely not be surprised by my last pick in the seventh round, rounding out my draft.
2: Wait, wait, wait. stop me, me if guess. you heard this Let again.
0: Me Let me guess. Hunter Renfro. <laughs> we all seem to like this kid. Uh, he, uh, you know, I got. I don't know if we're trying to follow in the blueprint. Of the Patriots and drafting a small guy that can possibly go in the slot and make the big plays when you need him to. Um, But I liked Hunter Renfro again. uh, Going back to Mark's point, I seen him in the senior bowl. Not sure he rose his draft stock or not. I think he did. I thought he had a solid senior bowl. um, And I was pretty delighted to be able to pick him up with my last pick in the seventh round. So this ends that uh, ends all of our drafts. Gentlemen, how did first pick.com grade your drafts?
1: I got a B plus. Um, I've, this is probably the fourth or fifth one that I've done. Um, but the one that I use for, uh, for this podcast here, I got a B plus on, which is not one of my higher grades. I, I mean, I felt like I, Got some needs, but I felt that there was a few that I did reach on. Uh, the Jesse Burkhead pick, uh, the C.J. Conrad pick, the Javon uh, Patterson pick. Um, all three of those were, yeah, those are those are deeds by position, but probably could have probably could have gone better in in name different uh, different players. So B plus for me. Mark,
2: I did a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so. It wasn't my highest grade. My highest grade, um, actually, I rounded out at about thirty-three thousand because they they score it that way somehow. Yeah,
0: they, they 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 I don't know how they come up with your score at the yeah. end of this, but just so everyone is aware, they not only score you based on a grade, but they also score you based on points. Um, I guess to rank you in their. Uh, in their website. Yeah. So if you have a, a really high grade or high rank, um, your name actually appears on right. their website.
2: But Right. So I'm going to assume the grading scale here is based on maybe trade moves and uh, meeting positional needs and where you mm-hmm. picked guys exactly and where they might have had them graded. So I actually I was the number one scoring team
0: <laughs> out of all this draft and they gave me an A+. Plus. Okay. Oh, you did better in that one, though, huh? I thought, I thought you did better in another draft.
2: Well, I, I scored better. Both A-pluses, oh, just one oh, got okay. scored better yeah. than
0: the other. One got scored better than... Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So now, the host of Sports Talk Buffalo, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go with mine. And as I told both of you gentlemen before we started uh, recording this... This is why you are my, quote, draft experts. I graded a solid B. Uh, I only got about 27,000 points overall, and I finished in this draft. This is the first one that I have done um, at least this year. Uh, Out of 32 teams, I finished in 22nd. So uh, according to... This website, I, I did not have a very good draft, and I don't think the people in Buffalo would be very happy with <laughs> some of the picks that I made. Um, I definitely reached uh, my second round pick, pick number 15 with Christian Miller. As I said before, as soon as I as uh, as soon as I picked him, I, I thought to myself, that was, a, that was a pretty big reach there. But some of the other picks that I, I liked, or at least that that uh, firstpick.com liked, were the, uh, the Zach Moss pick. And the um, uh, the Mark Gilbert picks and and the uh, obviously the Jonah Williams pick that's kind of first round is a little bit easier to get a good pick out of but uh, but yeah that that goes ahead and that rounds out my draft so out of the three of us we'll say Mark finished in first <laughs> solid first big lead. Thank Jerry, you. Jerry, well, what, what, what did your score end up being? You, you have it in front of you? Oh, uh, yeah. I went
1: 28, 512. Okay. Mark, what was, what was yours? 32, 527.
0: What was it? 31,
2: 517? No,
0: 32, 527. 527. And that leaves me on the very bottom with a 27, 817. <laughs> Gentlemen. I appreciate you coming on with me and doing this special podcast. I had a very good time. It was interesting, and for the people listening, this is definitely different from the things that I do. Hopefully, these guys will want to join me uh, on a couple more podcasts. I always have a good time. Um, We don't necessarily have to do this. We can talk whatever sports you guys want to talk. Let me know when you guys are free in the future, but I would like to say thank you guys. Remember to check out uh, Jerry on his Facebook. Uh, what, was, what was the name of the the Facebook uh, page again? Uh,
1: the page is Fantasy Football Fraternity, and the podcast is Great Lakes Sports or Great Lakes Football Talk.
0: Remember to go ahead and check them out on those. Mark, you were talking about possibly starting your own podcast, sir. Why don't you go I, ahead and tell people about that?
2: I've got something in the works. Um, nothing's finalized yet. I'm trying to to work out all the kinks on it. So at some point I will start teasing it. Um, and then once it's all ready to go and I'm geared up for the first episode, I will definitely be more than happy to promote it on another one of your future episodes. We've got, you know, free agency coming up. We've got the combine coming up. I'm sure we have more than enough ample opportunity to, to sit down and discuss more and I'll hopefully be able to plug it then.
0: That sounds fantastic to me as well. Hopefully you gentlemen will join me. On future episodes, again, I had a great time. Thank you guys for joining
1: me. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. If you don't mind, I got one one more thing uh, for your for your okay. sports talk yeah, Buffalo listeners. Uh, just something a little fun. Um, the three Buffalo players, the UB players, uh, where they got drafted in my draft. Um,
0: oh yeah, that that is uh, something fun. I actually was going to look at that after the uh, after the show is over. But yes, let's actually. If you guys can go back and look in your draft, let's let's see where these guys did get drafted here.
1: So uh, Khalil Hodge went first of the three, the linebacker. He went to the Steelers in round three with their 19th pick. Uh, Anthony Johnson, he's a guy that I actually want Buffalo to grab. Um, hopefully we could get him maybe in the third or fourth round uh, after the uh, top tier receivers uh, if we grab one of them. But he went to the Chargers in the third round, pick 27. And then uh, Tyree Jackson, uh, the Colts actually traded up for him uh, in round four, wow. uh, pick 133.
0: Wow. That that would kind of surprise me, honestly. I mean, you still have Andrew Luck there. I know he's a bit of a project, but, um, I mean, it looks like Andrew Luck's shoulder is healthy. And uh, he looks like he's going to be around for, for quite a while. So, I don't know. If the uh, the Colts would have any interest in, in drafting him, unless they unless they see him as uh, purely a, a backup quarterback, um, but. unfortunately, I'm trying to click on on mine here. Uh, it's not quite working on the on my computer right now. So
2: I'd at least on this to, draft, I'd have to concur. Mine's not working either. <laughs> I'm not able to <laughs> so, that
0: information. <laughs> so uh, I wish I could. It would be great. That is a a fantastic thing. To, to end the podcast with three of the three of the big players that I have talked about on this podcast before. Um, I, I'm still very curious. I think um, the combine uh, Tyree, is Tyree, Tyree Jackson got invited to combine, correct? And both. so did Anthony John. And so did Anthony Johnson.
2: Correct. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, unfortunately, Khalil Hodge did not get an invite. I was uh, yeah. a little bit disappointed in that. I I thought he more than deserved an invite to, to be able to showcase himself there, but we got the pro day coming up. He'd be able to do it there, and whoever gets him, they're going to get a, a solid, sound tackling machine out of Khalil Hodge.
1: Yeah, I think Khalil Hodge actually has the potential to be the the most effective player of the group. Um, I'm not I'm not huge on Tyree Jackson, like a lot of people are, or even a lot of people from Buffalo are. Um, just feeding off of what you said, Drew. If he goes to the Colts, it would be purely a backup role. But I mean that's gonna be pretty much anywhere he goes. The Colts would be a good spot for him. They don't really have anybody behind Andrew Luck. So if something were to happen yeah. to Luck, uh, we could definitely see uh Tyree Jackson hit the field if if that's where he ends up going. Uh Anthony Johnson, he's he's definitely interesting. Again, he's a guy that I said that I want. Um, in the right system, I think he would be he would be a, a good player. But I think Khalil Hodge is the guy to look out for here. He's uh I think he starts on any team. Uh, maybe not from day one, but I think he's definitely a starter on any team in this league. Um, and it's it's a shame that he wasn't invited to the combine because I I definitely think he's going to be the best of the three from the from UB.
0: Um, yeah, touching on that, I, I I can agree with those statements for sure. Um, watching him over the last few uh, few years, I think he definitely. Uh, Has shown that he's more than more than capable as as a middle linebacker in there. Guy is an an absolute tackling machine. Um, You know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not going to be flashy, but yeah, he just he just gets the job done. Um, So he, I think he probably honestly, I think Anthony Johnson probably has the most potential to be uh, the most successful guy out of the the group of the three. Um, I think I'm excited for the program to get a quarterback drafted. So I hope Tyree Jackson goes as high as possible. So that would possibly intrigue some more recruits to come to Buffalo so that we can continue to grow that program. Um, do I think that he's going to be a very successful quarterback in the NFL? Uh, probably not just watching him at college, all those games. Um, but Anthony Johnson, he just um, – you know, granted it was against some, some of the lower competition, but the guy has big, strong hands. Uh, he doesn't do any, it doesn't seem like he does anything bad. Uh, he doesn't seem like he does anything great, but he doesn't seem like he does anything bad. So I would have him slotted in as like a solid number two, uh, receiver in the NFL.
1: Yeah. The right, right quarterback can make him work. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: He's he's the kind of receiver that if he wound up in New England, God forbid, <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, Tom, Tom Brady would certainly turn him into a superstar. Um, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't flash with like top end speed or or he doesn't have like this tremendous size. Like he's not over six foot three, six foot four, um, but he just he's he does a solid enough, six two. Yeah, he does it. He does enough. He does enough of these things right and well that he can go out there. He will, as the Patriots say, do his job, and he can carve out a really nice career for himself in the NFL. Um, As far as Tyree Jackson goes, I personally would like to see him get drafted or at least picked up by the Chargers. I I know I've spoken to Andrew about this before. I feel (laughs) like uh, him going to the Chargers and backing up Philip Rivers would be a great learning opportunity for him. I feel as if, you know, Philip Rivers would be a great mentor. He's, he does a really good job at dissecting uh, the defense, uh, the opposing defenses and when he was coming out he had like this really awkward delivery and Tyree Jackson kind of has something similar to that so he can help yeah. him you know, at least understand that he doesn't have to fully change his throwing motion and everything but he could find Ways to utilize it better, um, so I like the opportunity there for him, and to to jump off of Andrew's point about the the UB program. Even if these guys don't get drafted super high or at all, I'm just excited for the exposure that we've got. We've we sent uh, aside from Khalil Mack getting the invite, and I, I I can't remember if he did, but he may have played in the Senior Bowl when he was getting drafted. But you know, we had two guys end up going to the senior bowl this year. Um, we have more than enough draftable prospects. Uh, we have a, a couple other guys, at defensive ed, Charles Harris. He's coming out this year and he's a solid prospect for somebody to pick up. Um, he's an, even as a priority free agent and uh, the center
0: out of UB. Um, yeah. And just O'Hagan. O'Hagan. Yep.
2: He is. Yeah, he I, talk, is I a, talked
0: about him on on the on a previous podcast. Yeah, he is a mountain as, man a potential. Yeah, yeah super smart, sound free agent. So
2: totally, and uh, I'm just excited. Um, I'm excited for next year. I can't wait for, for off season programming to start. I'm just, I think it's great for for UB for all collegiate sports in Western New York. It's it's phenomenal. I'm. It's great.
1: Definitely.
0: On um, that. I would say okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I, was, I know we're running a little long. I just had a question about um about Tyree. Um what do you guys think about
0: yeah.
1: his decision to enter the draft um because of the weak quarterback class? Like next year if he were to come out, I mean who who's to say he even gets drafted at all with, with the quarterbacks next year. And then with this with this draft here, I think um him coming out is definitely an opportunity to to get drafted, get noticed by somebody, and and get a decent contract. Well, not a decent contract, but get a contract playing instead of coming out as an undrafted free agent. What do you guys think about that? Mark?
2: Uh, Well, actually, Andrew and I had discussed this once before as well. Um, We did a lot of UB discussion because we were really deep into it this year. And I I was hesitant about him coming out this year, and not so much had to do with the class in and of itself it was more of uh, for selfish reasons. I wanted, you know, a senior quarterback to come back and, and lead another, you know, young UB team and, and give us another chance at a Mac championship and uh, you know, to, to push further ahead the program. But I, I, I think all in all it was a good decision for him to come out this year. Um, I think it's imperative that at the combine he has um, he shows some good results in his workouts. And I haven't heard, yet if he has elected to throw but i think it's any chance that he gets to to show off he needs to do so because every little bit's going to help him so you know at the combine any private workouts in the meeting rooms when he sits down with these teams he has to do anything and everything he can to wow them so i know one of the one of the weeks weak sides of him maybe reading defense and stuff so aside from his physical traits, which everyone is already enamored with, they, everyone thinks that they can do the most with, with that kind of, you know, physical ability. He's got to do it on the whiteboard. That's where he's got to really grab the attention of these teams. So hopefully he's, you know, his face is in the the playbook and he's studying defenses and he's, he's mentally preparing for this whole thing.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think, uh, I don't think he has to do it necessarily on the whiteboard I think that uh, he's a, a very smart kid, so I think he'll be able to grasp things pretty quickly. I think his biggest thing where he's going to have to do it is is on the actual field. Um, I think he's going to have to show people that uh, you know he's not as inaccurate as some of the throws that he made in college, and that uh, you know he's not kind of a, a one trick pony that he can make all the throws and he can make them with timing and he can make them with accuracy and. And uh, you're right. Any any chance he gets to throw, he should be uh, jumping out all over that uh, to try to boost his stock uh, in this draft. A lot of guys have him as maybe the seventh or eighth best quarterback in this draft, and um, you know, in the next draft, he might not even be in the top ten quarterbacks. Um, so it, I, you know, I I don't like the decision that he came out because I think he had a lot to work on, but. I understand the decision to come out. And I'm, again, I'm excited for UB to get that exposure. Um, Maybe not for this next draft, you know, for this next group of prospects, but for the, you know, for recruiting in the future, maybe they can start bringing in some guys that are maybe some higher tier three-star recruits, maybe even a low four-star recruit. If we can keep winning uh, the way that we are or the way that we have been winning, uh, this year and at the end of last year so uh, again just just excited for the program and uh, you know three guys possibly getting drafted this year out of out of UB you know four years ago what you know you would you would scoff at that idea but uh, you know Hold's come in and he's done a really good job with this program I'm glad he got a race and I'm glad he's going to be sticking around for a little while he's definitely churning out some some good pros
1: well they've definitely Absolutely. they definitely gained a fan. I mean, I've never really uh, been into the UB football program um, before this year. Um but it's like it's it's one of those things where if I can catch a game on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch it as opposed to uh one of the higher profile games that are on there. So, I mean, they definitely uh yeah. they're definitely doing their thing over there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um like I you know, me and Mark talked a lot about it and we really decided that we want to start supporting that, you know, those programs at UB a little bit more, whether it be the basketball team or whether it be the football team. Um, so we've definitely paid a lot more attention to, to them. And uh, that's another reason kind of why I wanted to do this podcast. Uh, not a lot of uh, radio talk shows and things like that. They talk about UB at all, whether it be the football team or the basketball team. So uh, I want to, so as many ears want to listen to it, I just want to tell people about it and let them know that uh, we have something special happening for the basketball team and we potentially have something really special happening in Western New York for for the football team. So,
2: so future episodes, stay tuned.
0: Yep, for sure. All right, on that note, gentlemen, Well, quick recap. Mark came in first place with an A plus. Jerry came in second place with a B plus. I came in complete last place by a mile and a half with a, with a solid B um, for that again, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate you spending this late night with me as it is about 10 minutes to one o'clock in the morning right now, as we record this. Uh, I appreciate you guys jumping on my schedule. Um, I will try to accommodate you. If you guys would like to join me on the show again and try to do it more during the day for you guys. Um, so, Again, appreciate it, guys. Uh, You can listen to me. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify. Same thing with uh, Jerry's podcast over there. All those websites included. Um, So on that note, you guys have a good one.
1: You too. Thanks for having us.